What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. In today's episode, I was joined by two very special guests. We talked about food being medicine. This was a great conversation. If you want to level up your nutrition, your food quality, and understand how to simplify the process of just making slightly better choices in terms of where you're getting your food, the types of foods that you're eating, and and maybe how to heal yourself with nutrition, with food, with water. We're talking about basics, but these are things that it's easy to overlook, but it is so important. It makes a huge difference. Something as simple as just gradually improving food quality over time can make a world of difference. So I was joined by Nick and Steven Service to talk all about this because this is what they do. They live it. They breathe it. uh, They share it with the world, which is a beautiful thing. And if you want to connect with them, if you appreciate this episode, we would love to hear about it. Uh, You can tag me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. So it'd be great if you could take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories tag me and then also tag them at service events. It's S E R V I S events. And that's on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, we, we touched about, we touched on functional mushrooms. Uh, we touched on gluten and dairy intolerances. You guys are going to have a lot to digest. No pun intended with this episode. Hope you enjoy it. And with that being said, let's get into the conversation. All right. What's up, everybody? I am joined today by two very special guests. I have Stephen and Nick Service with me on the show and two guys that I was actually introduced to through my mom. Shout out to my mom. And uh, she was like, hey, I met these two chefs and I think you'd get along with them because they have a bunch of tattoos like you do. <laughs> like That was the connection that she made. And um, I appreciate you guys joining me. What's going on? Yeah, man. Awesome, Thanks man. so much. Happy to be here talking yeah. to you too. Living the dream. Absolutely. So um, I would love to hear a little backstory first of uh, how you guys got into what you're doing, like starting out in in the food industry, uh, the culinary industry, and like how that became the business that you guys run today. So we started cooking about 10 years ago. Um, we kind of tell the story at all of our events and you heard a little bit about it, but we started this by mistake. Uh, we found out that by going to a trade school that we could get less school every day. So you got an hour and five minutes less school. And that sounded cool to us at the time. Um, and culinary just sounded kind of fun. It, we had no interest. I'm sure like 90% of the kids that were also there, uh, we were kind of in it because you could eat half the day. And it just sounded interesting, like a way to get out of school. Uh, we really, really fell in love with it, fell in love with the teachers, had some cool experiences uh, in the program at MBIT. And then we kind of just did average, I guess, like line cook position jobs for eight, eight years or so. Yeah, um, six years, maybe. And then we got... We got turned on to this restaurant called the Mainland Inn, uh, which is where a lot of our philosophy and a lot of our kind of the way we see food changed. So this was the first organic farm table restaurant we ever worked in. Uh, the owner wanted to open the restaurant because she beat breast cancer by switching to an organic diet and kind of changing her food and changing her habits and things like that. And so that was our first kind of glimpse at one, just how much better the food tasted, yeah. how much better it was for you how much better you felt being kind of connected to it so closely by knowing where the food's coming from and just like, just how much better the high, like the, the quality of it was. It gave you a way better sense of pride cooking cooking food at that kind of high caliber rather than just like a Cisco food truck. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, so it was, 
our chef kind of joked back then about uh, how we were exposed to like the dark side. So once you go to the dark side, you can never go back. So once you see these kind of things and you work with these high quality ingredients, you eat them yourselves, it almost makes, it almost ruins anything else for you. Yeah. Um, so after that experience, going back to, I don't know, like a more average, if you will, restaurant was kind of very challenging. And it was, it was, it was tough to mentally just like put some of those things in, in the back of your mind of knowing yeah. kind of how poor the quality was. Uh, knowing how it could have just been elevated and been so much better by just simple, simple kind of sourcing. Um, but when COVID happened, we were kicked out of restaurants, obviously, and we didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, we're not lazy people. And so we wanted to figure out how we can kind of keep learning, keep honing skills. Uh, we had a conversation kind of around like skills being perishable. You know, if you don't use them, you lose them. And uh, we kind of really think that discipline is also a very perishable skill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I think during COVID, we kind of started to see our discipline um, waning a little bit, if you will. And so we wanted to do something. We didn't really know what it was going to be. Like we were saying, again, restaurants were completely destroyed. Like the money and the finance to do fun things was gone. Um, can we curse on here? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it was kind of fucked. The whole thing was destroyed. Like restaurants got hit so, so hard. Yeah. The culture that we were in love with completely changed. Yeah. The finance was gone to do fun things, which is what kept us so interested in it. And so we went and lived on an organic vegetable farm in Maine uh, through the wolfing program when COVID first started. And we did a few of these little kind of private events before we left, uh, just, just two of them. And when we got to the farm in Maine, we kind of shared this idea with the family of what we were thinking about doing and how we wanted to kind of go about doing it. And they really, really grabbed onto the idea and they really helped us kind of make a business plan and help yeah. us make kind of a more of a, a real idea out of it. And so when we came home, we just made a very conscious decision from all the things we saw in Maine of the sourcing and the way of life of how they all just live this farm to table lifestyle. It's like delicious home, home, full homestead yeah. kind of town where and, everybody does that. But they don't like, which was so interesting to us and so cool. Like they don't call it farm to table. Yeah. That's just, it's just living. It's just life. It's just yeah. food for them. And so we want to kind of bring that back to Bucks County and show people that all these things they had in Maine that might be different for us, or I don't know, like exclusive or special, like, we do have it all here. And so we made a decision when we came back that we would, anything we'd serve, we have to know where it's coming from. We have to know the person who's growing it. I want to know the privately owned grocery store owner, um, just to kind of meet our philosophy of high nutrient dense food, what you kind of, what you put in, what you get out, we kind of, you know, feel, um, and just the philosophy of, of food is medicine and knowing where it's coming from and getting the highest quality that we can. Yeah. Um, so in our events, we always like to show people and tell people where the food's coming from, who's growing it, how the whole thing's kind of going on. Um, and then more so recently, like just getting into the health benefits of them. Yeah. Um, I have a little bit of a background in some herbalism, but not as much as food. I don't exactly know all like, the vitamins and minerals and things in food, which is what, you know, we kind of look for now yeah. and, um, try to learn more about in that. But that kind of gets us to where we are, you know, today, um, it's been about two years, a little more that we've been doing these private events. And so it's been really, really cool. And we get to meet cool people like yourself. And that's yeah. how we all kind of connect. Yeah, you know? I love I love that you called it the dark side because I say the same thing. Like when people come work with us, I'm like, you're coming to the dark side because all the traditional dieting bullshit philosophy that you were taught doesn't apply here because it's all bullshit. And it's led you down this path of being sicker, being yeah. unhealthy, you know, chronic restriction, disordered uh -huh. eating, all that stuff. So when you mentioned like food as medicine, what was like the biggest difference that you noticed health wise when you made the shift from 
knowing where your food's coming from, getting the highest quality ingredients for things that you're preparing, like what for yourselves first and foremost, yeah, like, what's yeah. the biggest shift yeah. you notice? So the biggest thing, oh, it yeah. might it, it might not be exactly a food product, but honestly, bro, was water. Yeah. Was this, like discovering the quality of water, how water's different, um, how the different chemicals that are in our tap water, how different filtration systems, different kind of things like that. Um, and then just drinking enough of enough, it a day. Yeah. Um, you know, when we were, we were 26 and we were working in restaurants still, and like, we would have like minor back pains every day and like kind of brain fog and I get fatigued in the middle of the day and you just reach for more coffee or more stimulant or whatever it might've been at the time. And it wasn't until we got to Maine that they really pushed water on us. Now we're not soda drinkers. We, we haven't drank soda in years and years and years. It was water and coffee in restaurants and we thought we drank enough of it, but you sweat a lot and yeah. you know, whatever you're constantly using your energy. And so when we got to Maine, they really pushed water on us. And we started to see that all of these little kind of things that we just normalized was just from chronic dehydration and was from just not drinking enough every day. And so, you know, we, we talk about the cognitive water machine a lot, but just drinking enough water in a day-to-day basis and being hydrated enough, I think was a major one that I think a lot of people can do easily. Um, that would change a lot of the things they probably fight against. Yeah. Um, but I think like he's saying, it's like our chronic back pain brain fog, fatigue, like little things that at 26 years old, we should never normalize yeah. as a society. Yeah. You know, like I should never try to justify to myself, oh yeah, my back hurts because I just stand on my feet all day. Yeah. Like, no, it's because I'm doing, I'm, I'm missing something. Yeah. Um, but even when we switched our whole diet, it seems as though now what I've noticed personally is like, yo, recovery is way faster. Yeah. Like we don't really get sick. Yeah. And if we do, it's only for like a day. Yeah. And we're back to normal. Like it seems like having switched with the water and then with, you know, the food and the high nutrients that we try to eat, like our bodies feel like they're doing what they should. Yeah. You know, like there's no aches and pains. There's no inflammation. There's no like joints rubbing together. Yeah. Like there's nothing like that, that we all as a society kind of normalize. Yeah. Um, there's um, a few like, key ingredients that when we were expo- first, you know, whatever exposed to this yeah. kind of thing that really stood out the most. And we kind of say like, we'll never buy these from a, a grocery store and uh, tomato, bacon and eggs are the three biggest things that when you go to a farm or you eat them seasonally, or you buy them from like, you know, pasture raised eggs or farm raised pork that like, it's just a different product. Yeah. Like these literally aren't even the same things. Um, so that's been really huge for us. Um, but then I think just eating very seasonally yeah, uh, has also helped with like just feeling connected, more connected to the land. I feel like um, I'm more ready for winter because we're starting to eat more root vegetables and more onions and more potatoes. And we're eating, you know, kind of more starches. And I don't know, it makes you feel like your body and your, I don't know, your cells are more prepared for like what's going to come and kind of just getting ready for different times of the year yeah um i don't yeah, i don't know the science behind that but i just i feel like it just i don't know it just it makes you feel more connected it makes you feel like your body's working the way it's supposed to yeah. you're eating the way you're supposed to be i think it also for us it's a big thing like it makes us feel like we're a part of the community mm-hmm. you know when we're only eating from these local farms like i feel as though like i am a part of bucks county yeah like, where like we have our space and our spot and you know our our kind of i don't know um cut out yeah here for us I've been now doing this. Yeah. Do you have yeah. any advice? So first of all, I want to like, you guys are touching on things that I talk about a lot with just quality habits in general yeah. that 
seems so simple. Like you tell somebody to drink more water and they're like, yeah, yeah, cool. I'll drink more water. But like, you probably won't because it sounds so simple that it's exactly, easy to just brush it aside. But we have a lot of people that listen to the show that like to work out, that like to train and lift heavy shit. And one, 1% of dehydration can lead to 10% reduction in performance. So if you want to get the most really? out of your workout, 1% dehydration, that's it. It can lead to 10% um, decline in your performance. So if you want to really? hard, you want to, you know, work out and move your body, drinking water, like so simple. And then food quality is another one. Yep. You know, before we go down this rabbit hole of how many calories should I, should I be eating and what should my macronutrient splits be and all this other stuff that people, that sounds like sexy. It's like the exciting topic, but like yeah. let's talk about where your food's coming from and yeah. the quality of the food that you're choosing. Um, so I have a question because where I grew up and where you guys work in Bucks County, there is more farmland. You have yeah. more accessibility to things like that. What about yep. somebody who lives in a city uh, where they might not have access to, you know, being able to go and and meet the local butcher, meet, you yeah. know, the farmers or things like that. Like, how do you help somebody navigate when they are maybe in like a major city like Philadelphia or wherever they yeah. live um, to so, try um, and access to so that? There's like, there's a few people out there who I think they all get a lot of criticism and a lot of people like, like talking shit about them. But um, I just saw a video the other day that I think, regardless of whatever else he's done before, but it was a really cool way of showing, but it was Paul Saldino, and he was talking about how to eat healthy shopping at a Walmart, and how to eat grass-fed whatever at Walmart. And like, I think these grocery stores get a lot of, they get a bad stigma, because it's like, whatever, you're in a food desert, you're in a city. But like, it's still just being aware of organic. You can, they still sell organic produce anywhere in any major city. Um, so they still have grass-fed ground beef in any major city. Uh, they still have like clarified grass-fed ghee and all these different kind of things. So I say, we just like start with that. Look for buy more produce, and you're buying more processed food. Yeah. Uh, buy more just real ingredients. Stay, out stay the, away from seed oils. Yeah. Um, we just look at like, but even that, it's like extreme for some people to change that. Yeah. But like, just look at, and we have very simple philosophies in our house. Like, if you can't pronounce the ingredient, don't fucking eat it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it can be as simple as that. Like. If you don't know what this monodextrose, hydrogen, whatever it is, like, don't put it in your body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, if nature didn't make it, don't take it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of cities also are starting to have more, like, I know Philly, at least. Philly John is a great thing. Yeah. You know, these are like, Philly John. These yeah. outside kind of Philly orchard projects where they're planting trees just on the street that they have just, you know, pears or apples or pomegranates or things that are kind of native to the area that are growing now on the street or in a community garden. Um, I know like it's called, what is it? Um, what is it? River Wards Produce yeah. in, in in Philly has like the most exotic, super cool produce. This guy's plugged in real cool with uh, a lot of, you know, purveyors and stuff like that. Um, but I even think a lot of, a lot of major cities do have butchers. You know, you go to the Italian market, you oh, yeah, walk into a butcher say. anywhere. Yeah. You know yeah I mean? If you can, don't go to a grocery store, I know it's kind of hard or some people don't think about it. Like, Go to the Italian market or just go to Chinatown. Yeah. Like go to these kind of like smaller places that aren't, aren't the grocery store and you'll find fresh produce at the Italian market seven days a week. I mean, we even say like is, uh, in part of our spiel at our dinners, we always talk about like even the people in Bucks County, like we have all these farms. Like you're saying, we have tons of farmland. We have all these things, but we have way more convenient options Yeah, and way more distractive options, if you will. Um, so I tell anybody, even if you're in a major city, like, have the discipline to maybe bypass those and go 
go look a little harder. Maybe yeah. walk the extra two or three blocks to go to the to farmer's market that weekend or to the the, the privately owned produce stand or whatever the raw dairy place is. Um, I think this stuff, fortunately for all of us, is becoming more mainstream. Yeah. And people are starting to kind of be more aware of it. Um, I think our generation is doing a good job of realizing how, like, we've been manipulated into this food system, if you will. Um, I know when we first started doing this, it was it was a slight challenge to kind of get our parents to, yeah. to even care about it or even just think about it because it was something in their lives that they never did have to think about or never cared about. And you never really thought about what was in the food or how it was being processed or anything like that until we started seeing like yeah. at 14 years old, our friends are having cancers and things like that, that were kind of unheard of. Yeah. Um, I think that's some of our first memories, I think, as kids of our neighbors having like really young chocolate cancer from the water supply in Warrington and really kind of crazy things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If I, if I was to give anybody advice in a major city, it would just be like, just do a little bit of research, look a little more. I don't know if you ever heard the, the saying of like shop the outside yeah. of like a grocery store, yep. stay in the outside of the aisles, you know what I'm saying? Do the produce, get your milk and eggs, you know, get your beef, whatever. That's it. Yeah. Um, but I'd say, honestly, as crazy as it is, I'm sure you probably tell a lot of your, your people like, yo, just slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, like slow down and look at what you're 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 looking at. Yeah. You know, don't just you know so secondhand nature just grab from the shelves. Like, yeah. take oh. take take a few minutes and like, yeah, actually see what you're you're buying and going in with a game plan. Um, yes. To your point, if you're just going in and like trying to freestyle it on the spot, you're gonna go down the middle aisles and just grab the first thing that seems appealing. And you know, it's funny because if you think about like the way that the narrative has shifted so many times. It was like when I grew up, it was like fat is evil, get everything fat free, no fat in, in anything. And then the narrative swung to carbs are evil and don't eat anything with carbs. And and ultimately we lost sight through all of these fad approaches of of just eat real food. Exactly. It can actually be that simple. And Amen. from like the convenience standpoint, like now with technology, like like Mel and I are really busy. A lot of times we don't actually go to the grocery store. We just order through um, whatever those, like she does most of the grocery shopping. So whatever like those apps are that she has, um, I can't remember the name of it. But Direct or there's a lot of really cool. We have actually some friends, um, Vitality Fit. So Nico and Erica, shout out to them, who do um, really cool like micro macro based meal meal planning and meal preps for people. And they drop it off at your house. And so I think a lot of people are kind of also going that route. If you if you can't do it and you can't cook and you're never going to make your own meals. That's a, a better route to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do an app, have somebody make meals for you, get a healthy option, do something like that. If you're not going to do it yourself. Yeah. Get your meal delivery service, or even just if you're doing the app from the grocery store, just you'll pick quality. Like, I exactly. like where you keep things simple. What I tell people is start with protein and produce. Like that's yeah. the easiest place to start. Get your grass fed beef, wild caught salmon, like just look at the quality of where you're getting your protein sources from and then produce like buy organic fruits and vegetables. It's pretty simple. Um, yeah. And then the rest is like, let's, let's just fill in the gaps from there. But most people, once you take care of that, improve the quality of the protein sources, improve the quality of the vegetables and, and produce and get them eating more of those things. Good. A lot of the stuff kind of takes care of itself. And then yeah. it's just find what works best for you. Oh, um, we, we kind of joke around like, Yo, you can you can eat a cookie or or some yeah. cake. Yo, just eat more vegetables that day. Yeah. You know, just eat eat some good eat some good protein, like you're saying. Like you don't have to restrict yourself to nothing. And literally, you know, 
lower your quality of life so badly that you're fucking miserable. Like, yeah. No, dude, this can be a fun, easy thing to do. Like, I think people kind of lose sight of all of that also. Yeah, I think that it's important to highlight the fact that when we obsess or stress over eating a cookie, the mental stress is worse than the physical stress of actually eating a cookie. Like nobody knows how to break down a cookie. If you're eating mostly quality food and for, and most of the time you're eating good quality vegetables, protein, you're getting some quality carbs in your diet. Like you're good. You can, you can afford a cookie. I promise. It's that stress of being like, Oh, I can't believe I ate that. Now I feel guilty. Now I have to do extra cardio. Now I have to earn back my cow. Like, that's where the issues come up. That's where the health issues come up. Yeah. I like yeah. Uh, I like how you talk about that on some of your posts and stuff. Like for the fucking when uh stores. when we were in Maine, the uh the husband had a um he had some health issues at the time and you know, we kind of showed him this documentary Heal. It was just about thinking properly and kind of thinking your way through diseases and you know, whatever. Your mind's a very powerful thing. And he was talking about this doctor he knew who had this philosophy of like, yes, it's, it's a great thing. You can kind of placebo affect your way into health. If that it's a very broad way of saying it, yeah. but he was kind of saying like, but it's funny because these people then who do that, just kind of how you're saying, like if I had this cookie, my mental stress is going fucking a wire. Like that's like now the people who are trying to get healthy, if they don't meditate that day, they beat themselves up all day long. And now the stress of them not doing their one critical task is more damaging than the disease they're trying to fight against yeah. or something like that. And so I think you're absolutely right. If people get so mentally wrapped up and stressed about it, that they're, they're doing more damage to themselves than whatever the junk food that they might be eating is yeah. eating, you know? Yeah. It's the, uh, the power of perception where nothing is inherently stressful or not stressful. It's your thoughts about that thing that makes it either a stressor or something that can help to manage stress. Like, like meditation, it can be great for stress management unless you're stressing yourself out about meditating. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing with exercise. There was uh, one of my favorite studies of all time was was uh, they took two. Um, they had two rats and they had one of them on a wheel and they had the other rat's wheel that was connected. So so rat one was able to run on the wheel whenever it wanted to. Rat two, the wheel would spin anytime rat one's wheel would spin. So it had to run when the first rat was running. Okay. but had no freedom of choice yeah the first rat could do whatever it wanted to could stop when it wanted to it could run when it wanted to the second rat had to follow suit with whatever the first rat was doing so it was forced exercise and then they tested the blood markers of each of them and they did the exact same amount of exercise the exact same amount of running rat one who had freedom of choice they showed all the positive health markers of somebody who's exercising rat okay. two showed all the negative health markers of somebody under stress Huh. Simply, they did the same amount of activity, same yeah. amount of physical work, but the one has freedom of choice and the other one is being forced to do it. It's it's the perception that becomes a stressor. Uh, so it's it's all about, like nothing is inherently stressful. Nothing is yeah. in, like sitting in traffic. You might be like, that's, that's really stressful unless your perception is there's nothing I can do about it. Oh, yeah, I'm chilling. It happens. I'm just going to hang out and listen to some music. Now exactly. it's not a stressor anymore. So. Yep. It's the same thing with eating a cookie. It's the same thing with working out. It's the same thing with anything in your life. It's not inherently stressful or not. It's just your perception. And I know that sometimes people have a hard time with that because they're like, well, what if, you know, something horrible happened? Like, I get it. There's exceptions. Yeah. Well, what if? Tragedy, trauma, right? But like, there's always exceptions. But for the most part, your mind is going to dictate dictate whether it's beneficial for you or whether it's harmful. Um, but yeah, it's like 
let, let's just simplify things, understand that we get to do these things. We don't have to do these things. We get to eat quality food. We get yeah. to move our body. We get to drink water. We don't have to do any of that. We're choosing, which makes it more beneficial than, than stressful. Yeah. That makes oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I saw this post a while ago, this girl, this girl made, and it, it helps with the just work and like other critical tasks like that. Like you just said, switch. I have to, to, I get to, Yes. I get to work out. I get to eat good food. I get to do this job that I love to do every day for a living. I get to earn money. I get to do all these kind of things. Not, I have to go work out. I have to meditate. Like, no, 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 man. It's a privilege. Like you get to do these kind of things. And I think that also changes like the perspective of like, I'm blessed to be able to do this. You know what I mean? Like some tasks you maybe not wanted to do before. If you just change that one word can change your whole perspective on, on, you know, how you go about it or how you show up for it. Dude, we, we, we said the same thing about uh, fucking anxiety. Yeah. Like, Anxiety is just perception. Yeah. Like anxiety is literally only what you're per- portraying on yourself about real. whatever situation. Like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like so to take anxiety medication, it's just like yo, it, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Anxiety is all future pacing, right? You're exactly. thinking about something that hasn't happened yet, and you're envisioning the worst case scenario or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. You're 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 basically not living right now. You're yes. living in a future, and if yes. you can bring yourself to the current place and and that's where we can get into things like deep breathing or yep. like some kind of um you know exercise that you have for getting you into your body in the present moment then you can't be anxious because you're no longer thinking about the future exactly yep i want to take a brief pause to tell you guys about cured as you can hear from this conversation food can be medicine it can be healing and we have we have a great back and forth about functional mushrooms and the role that they can play in a healthy lifestyle. And it's something that has been a game changer for me. It is part of my routine now, all because of Cured and how easy they make it. I've been telling you about their Euphoria drinks. I've been telling you about their Serenity gummies. I've been telling you about their CBD. Like Cured is is, is leveling up in an epic way. And I'm I'm very proud that we get to bring you the best deals from them because I want this to be a part of your life too, because I know the health implications. I know how much better you'll feel if you incorporate things like CBD for anxiety, if you incorporate functional mushrooms to improve your immune system for better sleep, for better cognitive benefits. Like It is truly nature's gift. So Cure does it better than anybody else. That is a fact. And we've got you hooked up with 20% off. I recommend starting with their serenity gummies. If you want to improve your sleep, if you want a better wind down routine, get their serenity gummies. They are my absolute favorite. And if you have some anxiety, just try their broad spectrum CBD. It's a great place to start. Begin there and then explore their other products. We'll get you 20% off if you go to curednutrition.com and use code POPFAM at checkout. That's cured nutrition. C-U-R-E-D, curednutrition.com. And the and the code is POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M. Start with the Serenity Gummies. Start with their CBD, their broad spectrum CBD, and then explore the rest of their products from there. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the episode. What other like uh, sort of, I know you guys are big into like cold exposure and things like that. And what other like biohacking things do you guys do as part of your, your routine? Sure. So uh, obviously the sauna and the ice, yeah. we really like to do. We, we'll talk about that, I guess, in a little, uh, after we kind of get into something else. 
but I don't know, like very, very simple things. You know, we don't like to complicate stuff. Um, I don't know if these are biohacking kind of things, but every single day we, we take like mushroom powders in our coffee. Um, we do different things like that. Depending on what you're feeling that day, it can be for different things. Um, we take reishi for immune support and things like that. Like lion's mane for, for brain functioning, cordyceps for energy. Um, so we do simple things like that, simple herbal supplements. We do like oregano oil on a daily basis for immune support as well. Uh, try not to get sick. Yep. Um, but other than that, like I didn't really not much besides we do like when you, when I really had thinking about it, like we only use natural organic soap. Yeah. Only only barter soap. No fucking no whatever hair shit. No fucking shampoo. No additives and all that. Um, we have a filter on our shower that gets rid of any kind of PFAS, all the, yeah. the forever chemicals. Gets rid of the chlorine. Um, I brush my teeth with baking soda and peroxide every day instead of like the natural toothpaste. Yeah. Um, the food quality, obviously, the water that we have, um, like meditations. Yeah, you know, we do like I, we do yoga. We do yoga, for a half hour. Do, like, yoga every day. Uh, obviously, we work out. You know, two times a week. Um, but then the fire and the ice. So we love doing the ice and the, and the saunas. Yeah. Um, we do the sauna whenever we're at the gym. Uh, so probably three times a week or so. Um, and then, but we have the ice bath at our house, so we do that more frequently than anything else. Yeah. So. Because we have a commercial kitchen space that we rent, we have access to the ice machine. So we fill up like the bins we bring to do our events. We fill those up with, you know, hundreds of pounds of ice. We almost empty the machine. And we have the big like 150 gallon, you know, cow trough, whatever, um, in our backyard. And we just fill it up with hose water and fill it with ice. And um, we now do like a minimum of three minutes every single day. Um, I'd be interested to hear about what you know. We kind of tell a lot of people like, I know there's a bunch of health benefits. There's, you know, it increases circulation. It reduces inflammation. Um, it releases X amount of serotonin and dopamine and all these kind of other things. I don't really know what all those things are. Um, might sound ignorant, nor do I really care though. Uh, we like to do it. And what our philosophy on it is, is we kind of use it as more of like a stress management tool. Yeah. So if I can wake up in the morning and the first thing you can do is put yourself in an extremely uncomfortable situation, being sitting in fucking freezing, freezing cold water for three minutes. I like to think that like you can now answer a phone call. You don't want to answer that day. You can now have a conversation with a stranger, you know, for us in our, in our business, I can go knock on a stranger's door and spend three hours connecting with them and talking with them and serving them food for people that I've never met before. I never have seen before, never contacted before. Um, so for us, even doing like the, the cold shower for ice bath isn't filled up or is kind of dirty. Like he was joking about it yesterday. I almost feel like now if I get a shower and don't turn it cold at the end or don't do some kind of cold exposure or something, like we're so, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, like, I don't want to say karma, but like, um, I feel like if I don't, superstitious. Yeah. If I don't do that, I'm not going to be able to manage the day stresses like we were saying like I'm stressing yeah exactly out. exactly or something's gonna go wrong because i didn't do this one thing in the morning that i usually do um so we like to do it for that reason again i'd be curious to know if you know about kind of more specific health benefits on it or stuff like that but yeah no it's uh it's definitely picking up a lot of a lot of momentum right now especially in the like, biohacking world there's a lot of yeah. a lot of health benefits that have been pretty well documented from immune systems to sport immune system support, parasympathetic uh, nervous yeah. system regulation, um, resiliency to stress is another yeah. big one. Driving, like, what's cool about that is you would think because you're, you're actually creating a stress response because your body has to adapt to an extremely cold environment, but it, it drives you into 
sympathetic and then deeper into parasympathetic. So with our, our autonomic nervous system, we've got the fight or flight response, which is sympathetic. And then we've got the rest and digest mode, which is parasympathetic. Most people live their life in sympathetic overdrive and they need more parasympathetic downregulation. So with cold exposure, it drives you from sympathetic into a much deeper parasympathetic state, which, which again, that's where digestion happens. That's where recovery happens. That's where we improve like at anything that we want to do, we get, we get better by yeah. recovering, by being in that parasympathetic state. So, um, there's a number of health benefits associated with it. And, um, have you noticed that it, it gets easier or is it always just as difficult? No, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Like, uh, we, we've, been, we've been doing it for steady over a year now. Yeah. We started last October yeah. and we, so we've done it like, you know, we had a little plastic, you know, Japanese bathing tub, uh, last winter. But I was like, I didn't want, I want to put the money into it until we kind of form a habit out of it. And so we went through the whole winter last like last year, just letting it naturally freeze and whatever. Then we turned our ice machine on in the summer. Um, now I think it depends on what your mental state is for the day. Yeah. So if you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go do the ice. It's not a big deal. It's kind of easy. But when you're like, fuck, I really don't want to do this, and you have to like talk yourself into it, it can be a challenge. Um, our girlfriends both struggle with trying to do it, and so we like we we try and encourage them and let and tell them like. So every single day, it's still hard. Yeah. So like, I don't, I think you maybe get better with like managing cold. Like I can manage the cold. Now when I am cold, it's like, fuck it. I'm just cold. It's not a big deal. I can deal with it. But getting in it and sitting in it for three minutes every day, I don't think hasn't gotten much easier. No. Um, it's it, something that's still a challenge every day. It's, you know? it's something you have to do to talk yourself through. Yeah. You know? and like we were just saying earlier, like what's worse? fighting with yourself about, oh man, I really don't want to do this. Or just like, all right, fuck it. Or just do it. Hop in. Yeah. Yeah, just get in. But like, we, you know, we tell our girlfriends every single day, I have to tell myself, go get in there. Yeah. it's You know it's good for you. You know it's yeah. beneficial. Stop fighting with yourself. Just go do it. Yeah. Every, every time. Probably, like outside of just the physiological benefits, I think there's probably that mental side of it too, where you convince yourself every day that I can do something difficult and get through it. And then yeah. when you're in a new difficult situation, you're like, well, shit, if I can jump in the ice bath for three minutes, I can do this. Um, so I think that there's probably that that mental resiliency that's developed as well. And I think the fact that it doesn't get easier is probably why it's so beneficial. Yeah, exactly. It's just like working out. Like, yeah, you get more accustomed to working out, but the actual, like, if you're doing it right, it should still be really challenging every time you go into the gym. And that's why it has so many benefits for you because yeah. you are challenging yourself. You are doing something like, Humans are meant for challenge. We were meant yeah. to overcome difficult shit. Like that's how we evolve, and yep. we need to put ourselves in that environment. Um, do you guys get into like any sort of like grounding, walking, like barefoot? Oh, oh yeah. I was really just gonna say that we we started talking. Okay, like, fuck yeah. Every morning, you know, yeah, we'll stay outside. Like when I take dog for a walk in the morning, I won't put shoes on. Yeah, you know, like no matter how well, cold it is. I mean, even aside from that basic, yeah, we'll go outside and stand, you know, the feet in the grass every now and then, like. Aside from our, our cooking um, profession, like our biggest hobby and our biggest passions, if you will, is simply just nature. Yeah. Like we tap, maybe we tap trees and make maple syrup every year. We forage for mushrooms. We try and forage for as many edible things as we can. We do forage for medicines. We do herbalism and stuff outside. We try and like, we do the ice baths at our house, but we like to get in freezing cold rivers yeah more, you know what I'm saying? Like in natural bodies of water. Uh, we, you know, I know the water element in nature, especially is much more healing. Yeah. Um, we do try and walk with our, our bare feet on the ground. Um, I understand that trees release certain phytochemicals and a scent when you get around them that releases dopamine in your system. 
Um, so yeah, we do tons and tons of that. That's kind of why our, our, like our sub life is in farming. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of like, that's a very grounding career. I think it's stressful as well, but it's very rewarding. You feel really good about it. It's good. Honest living. Um, I, we really try and get like the sun on us every day. Yeah. I understand like all the nutrients the sun gets, you know, they talk about how it's like vitamin D and blah, blah, blah. And there's probably thousands of other vitamins that we're getting from the sun. They don't even tell you about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hundred percent breathing, deep breaths when you're outside, being aware, being present, getting your, your feet into that, even if it's freezing out, you yeah. know, it's still good every day. Um, we're big tree huggers, you know yeah. what I mean? I see. Uh, so we do all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you had mentioned earlier about getting into like some functional mushrooms. Um, and, and I'm curious because I have, there's, there's a, one of our sponsors on the show is cured and, um, I've, I've been, I had been into it a little bit in the past, but since this partnership, like now I drink, they have this, um, this like mushroom, almost like an energy replacement drink where it's just instead of caffeine, it's like, you know, a little bit of CBD, some functional mushrooms and, and just a better quality, like focus drink. Yeah. Um, so I'll have like every morning I'll have one of those. Um, and they have some gummies that have functional mushrooms, um, a microdose of THC and some L-theanine, which I have every night. What? Yeah. Where, uh, how did you first get introduced to that world of like functional mushrooms and um, just like the incredible benefits that they have from from the health side of things? So uh, to be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, I, th- I think I, our, our first peak in the mushroom was uh, we had this lady who would come into one of the restaurants that we worked at and she would bring all the forage mushrooms like, like, in her hat. Yeah. And we were like, you know, at the time we're like, holy shit, this is so crazy. Like, this is the shit that you see on TV. Yeah. And like we get this now see in our real life. And like that piqued our interest in like foraging for mushrooms. And so we had this guy, his name is Dave Hamelin. Yeah. He owns a place called uh, Dave's Backyard Farm up in uh, Huntington Valley. It's like a little co-op. So shout out to Dave. But he, we kind of call him like our farming mentor. Yeah. So in this restaurant, the mainland Inn, he would take us out and he taught us just kind of forage for garnishes and different things you can garnish your plate with outside. That flowers are and yeah. But then he started growing mushrooms in the basement. So it was the first time seeing an oyster mushroom grown, and it was the first time seeing a lion's mane mushroom grown, and even trying and eating it. After that, we ended up leaving the restaurant. We lived in Percocet. We got connected with this dude, Joe Seif, yeah. who owned at the time Fifth Street Mushrooms. He had like a little eBay selling kind of store, and just in like a, some back rooms, he started experimenting with growing mushrooms. And it was our first time ever seeing reishi mushrooms. Yeah, And that was like, okay, what is this? And so I'm trying to grow these. And, I just like, I never saw him finish it. But I'll never forget him saying that like, they're the most medicinal mushrooms ever. Now that I heard that never fucking thought about it again. Years went by and we started getting more into this food as medicine type of world. Um, and just, you know, obviously we've had, we have our experiences with, with psychedelic mushrooms and things like that as well. Um, but I don't remember exactly what the thing was that was like, Get into oh, mushrooms, yeah. it, but we kept kind of hearing about them. You'd see them more, you know. We'd see them in certain restaurants. I always like walking in the woods and you see mushrooms. I probably picked up a fucking mushroom identification book, started reading about it, started seeing more different things, and then you get into like the guy who owns Four Sigmatic, and you get into these kind of companies, and you like I I have the Healing Mushrooms book. I that guy's name is I can't pronounce it, but um the dude who owns Four Sigmatic, but. Yeah, yeah. So I have his healing mushrooms book and just you start reading about these things, start looking into them. And then like as woohoo as it might be, you get into like how our genetic 
biome is more similar to a mushrooms than it is a plant or anything else in the kind of animal kingdom. Um, so it's like, we should be eating some of these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like how, like even, even cannabis and stuff like that, like that we have cannabinoid systems in our bodies and things like this, that like you're supposed to be eating this. Um, so I don't know exactly what it was that got us into it, but I can tell you from doing it, like, when we don't have them for a while, yeah. I, I, I notice a difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely know a difference. Have you seen uh, cordyceps and like where they grow? Oh, so they grow through dead uh, caterpillars, right? Yeah. 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 Crazy. Um, I, Crazy. I've, I've never seen them, but I've, I've, I've read about it and I've seen them like, I've seen like pictures of them growing. Um, mushrooms are wild. They're so cool. So yeah, cool. man. So cool. It's probably the coolest thing out there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we forage for them. I only know like the... I can I can identify a Rishi, Chantrells, Morels, uh, Maitakis, Chicken of the Woods, um, and that's really about lion's mane. If we've yeah. I never found them before in cauliflower uh, mushrooms, the black trumpets, black trumpets, dog ears. But those are really about it. I yeah. don't I don't I don't try them. I'm not hundred percent positive. I don't like branch off too much. I like just finding what they are, maybe identifying them. But uh, but yeah, so. I've actually even sent a book up to the, the the farmer from me. I sent the healing mushrooms book from him because he had uh, some issues as well after we left. But hopefully, I see you know you see it work. You see yeah. people take them and you you kind of read the uh, testimonials. Obviously, we're really into Paul Stamets and listen to what he talks about and what he has to say. Yeah, definitely. Um, like yeah, research is pretty pretty clear and pretty, yeah, pretty solid, exactly. and, and it's yeah, been, exactly. they've been around <laughs> for a very long time. So it's not yeah. just like new. Yes, we have like new evolving research, but. I mean, mushrooms and humans have interacted for a very long time. So, um, yeah. and it's cool to see like personal anecdote as well. I definitely notice a difference, um, when I'm consistent with it. Um, so what are some of the things like, I would say like myths that maybe people believe about this, the philosophy of like food is medicine. What are some like common, common misconceptions that people might go in thinking, um, just like traditional thinking and, and. Where so there's two that. there's two that stand out very clearly yeah. that we can talk about gluten and dairy yeah so I try to explain these to a lot of people at our dinners if they're interested in hearing about them but we use a local mill called Castle Valley Mill uh, we do all of our corn cornmeal flour grains anything like that comes from them they're right in Bucks County they're all organic they're all whole wheat and when I first met Castle Valley, when I was 21, I was working on the mainland in just trying to find more local things, trying to get involved in the community and whatever. I took a tour of Castle Valley and I kind of posed this question to them that we laugh about at our dinners. And we always kind of say like, so if Jesus fed the world on bread and water. How come half the world now can't eat bread? Like, it's kind of fucking weird. You just kind of question that. Yeah. So I posed this question to them and they kind of gave me an awesome explanation. So they used an example of like a scrambled egg. Uh, so if you took a, a, you know, a scrambled egg and you scrambled the whole thing up, if you ate one eighth of a tablespoon of that scrambled egg, you're getting all the parts of the egg in it, right? But if you took the yolk out of it and you ate just the egg white, well, after so long, you're missing a crucial component. So what we know of today as our flour, like the gold brand you know, white flour that we all see, that's the endosperm of the wheat plant. So the wheat plant has three parts, the bran, the germ, and the endosperm. And so when we moved into cities and had to make food more shelf-stable, you took out the bran and the germ because they both hold fat in them. Fat helps food spoil and whatever. And so that left us with just the endosperm, which as Americans, we bleach it to make it more appealing and, and whatever. 
So a lot of people who are gluten intolerant, but not celiac or some shit like that, they're eating this product. And because there's no fat in it, fat is what's telling your stomach, tell your brain to start to digest. So you don't have any fat. You're eating white bread with yeast, water, and this white flour. There's no fat telling your stomach that they're not communicating. So people eat this and they get bloated, they get gassy, they get headaches or something doesn't cooperate with them properly. So it's simply because your body doesn't know how to, how to digest that. You know, we haven't, you know, evolved oh, yeah. to break down these foods without fats in them. And then you can get into like, if it's not that most people are then reacting to the insane amounts of glyphosate or Roundup that's sprayed on the wheat. You yeah. know, there's a whole history about that. Um, but I always tell people like, if, if you're not celiac, try organic, try whole wheat. You most likely will not have any issues. Like our freezer, I mean, our flour stays in the freezer. It will spoil in like two weeks if it doesn't. Um, And then we see a lot of people having dairy problems. And we, I know I I personally did. I don't know if Nick did as well. A little bit. Um, But drinking like pasteurized whole milk would like just give me the worst fucking diarrhea. Like it was just terrible. I couldn't do it. Whey protein powder destroyed me. And then we discovered uh, this girl, Michaela from Fresh Start Farm. Um, 27 years old. We just cooked for them one night, her and her husband, not knowing what was going to happen and found out their property is a little small micro raw dairy farm. And so we made the switch and we have not bought milk from anywhere else since then. Um, we're not big dairy drinkers, but we drink it every day in our protein shakes or whatever. And since making that switch, I've had zero problems. I feel so much better. My stomach uses it so much more. And even that has a whole kind of corrupt background of people who moved cows into cities and put them in like feedlots like we know them and getting shit in in the milk and getting people sick and people kind of catching on to what was happening there and saying like you know how come mike has to pasteurize his milk but michaela doesn't have to pasteurize hers in the country like what, what's kind of the deal here and the guys who had these city cows if you will just called up the government and made them make legislation saying that all raw milk is illegal so it wouldn't kind of bring attention to what they were doing or the lack of proper practice they were doing yeah. Um, which gives everybody this paradigm now of raw milk being dangerous or being bad or being something that you shouldn't be drinking. And I can tell you that it just has so much more probiotics and it. it has so much more enzymes to your stomach that your stomach actually needs. Uh, we use an example of like kimchi, how kimchi has bad bacteria and it has good bacteria that fights that bad bacteria. Well, raw milk is the same way. Yeah. So when you pasteurize it, you're killing all of the nutrients in it, you're killing all the bacteria in it. Um, so those are two very big, yeah. I think, just and modern trends that a lot of people. Another one I'm sure you you know about and probably talk about it is red meat. How yeah. red meat is linked to cardiovascular disease and all yeah. that kind of shit, which is just bad Not science. Yeah. Like, um, I actually saw an article they just put out that I guess scientists are now like, yeah, the only reason that we think this is from this lazy science. Yeah, you know, yeah. like we, we were told that they did a test on rabbits, and the rabbits that ate the most red meat had cardiovascular disease. What's the problem there? Rabbits are fucking vegetarian. Rabbits can't eat meat. But no one questioned but it. Nobody questioned it. It's lazy science. You know, like, so I think things like that, like butter's bad for you or fat's bad for you, like we were yeah. saying, like, no, like fat regulates our hormones. Like, we need we need this stuff. Um, so I think, yeah, those four definitely come, definitely come to the top of my head. Um, a big thing that I think a lot of people don't realize that we see now, which is kind of changing, is the medical industry is now starting to take soil health more yeah. serious you know like your food has to be grown in good nutritious soil yeah. if it's not like we see now one head of romaine now is a, a equivalent or you need like five heads of romaine lettuce now to like equivalent the nutrients to one 40 years ago yeah. 
Like we're just depleting our soil. Our food has no nutrients in it anymore unless it's organic with a farm that people actually care for the soil. Yeah. Um, I think. Which ultimately depletes us. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, I think all those. Well, you, you see yeah, any like common yeah, ones? Any? Yeah. So you nailed all of them actually, but especially for me, red meat is one, like I, I just did a post recently and I was basically like, Hey, like shout out to all the vegans and vegetarians. Like I love you, but you'd probably be healthier if you ate some meat. <laughs> like I knew I was going to catch oh, yeah. you. I'm like, look, I don't care how anybody eats. If you, for moral reasons, if you've got your thing and you want to avoid meat, cool. But like, let's not, let's not put it under the guise of health because yeah, exactly. we have a lot of research to support that, including grass-fed beef and organ meats, like mm -hmm. some of the most nutrient-dense food, like organ meat is the most nutrient-dense food oh, yeah. you can eat, period. Yeah. And, and so, like, I get it. That's not everybody's thing, but false science is saying, oh, that's it's healthier to be, uh, you know, a vegetarian or a vegan when when you are missing out on some some major nutrients. And, like, the way that I look at it is if you have to supplement, like, you have to take B vitamins, you have to take creatine, you have to take iron, you have to take zinc because you're not getting that from food, then how is that the healthier way of doing things? Exactly, dude. Uh, we do always say to everybody we talk to, always go food first, yep. then supplement. Yeah. Like you can get it in your food. Why the fuck would you be taking a pill? Yeah. Like that's insane. Yeah, totally. And I think um, so to like make it actionable for people who who believe that they have a, a gluten or dairy intolerance, what would be like the two things you would tell them to try? Cause like I, with, with dairy for me, it was a real simple, like full fat cheeses, feta cheese, goat cheese. Yeah. Um, and then like using, um, you know, just switching up on, I don't eat a lot of gluten anyway, but I just do like sourdough bread instead. Yeah. Yeah. Some like quick actionable tips that you would give for people. So exactly. Like you just said, perfect. Sourdough bread, it's already pre-digested, so it's easier to digest from the fermentation. Um, I always tell people organic whole wheat flour. Yep. Try making a pasta dough out of it or make your own cake or something like that out of it. Um, make, you know, a gravy or something like that. Yeah. Just use the organic whole wheat. Um, same with the dairy. I'd say I do see a lot of people do have more uh, intolerances to cow's milk. And I also do think it's because of the hormones pumped into them. Yeah. So you'll see on, on milk containers, like no RBST. RBST is just a hormone that they give the cows that makes them produce more milk, uh, which I also think is what is fucking a lot of people up. Yep. I think it's what is making people a lot fatter. Yeah. Um, it's making you more dairy intolerant, actually. Cause it's, you're not, again, you're not getting these probiotics and things that are actually in milk. Um, so if it's, if it's going to be that, like you're kind of saying, I see a lot of people go more towards sheep or goat or things like that, that are not as popular. They're not treated by anything. Yeah. Um, or I, you know, I say just the raw, the raw milk, uh, if you can get raw organic milk, it's going to just be even better. Yeah. Um, we've seen a major switch in that same thing. Grass fed beef. Uh, I think people react to the bullshit in the, in the grains, in the, uh, and what they're being fed, you know, the whole saying, you are what you eat, eats. Well, you know, all commercial chickens and cows and things are eating soybeans and grain and corn that are sprayed in a monocrop field that are covered in pesticides and sprayed with bullshit. Um, so just cleaning everything up, like it goes yeah. back to like what you're eating is eating, what's in the soil, like he was just saying, like soil health is the most important thing to human health, you know. And so just looking for, I don't know, those those types of things are, I would say we the, the easiest best way for people to start or to kind of see what agrees with them or doesn't agree with them. Um, I also like, like you said, like be consistent with it too. Yes. Like, yeah, if, if you switch this and you go to start eating, you know, whole wheat flour, like 
for a day or two, yeah, you might feel a little shitty. Yeah. But like, how are you ever going to know if you don't push past that and keep doing it? Yeah. Any new switch or any new change is going to be un- uncomfortable. Yeah. Your body's going to go through discomfort trying to now digest something that you have never had before. I think a lot of people just get deterred by that. I know we've seen it a lot with like working out and stuff like that. Like, yo, for three months, you're tired, your body hurts, you know, you don't want to keep doing it. But yo, once you push past that, you get all your energy, you get yeah. all, you know, the benefits. Like, you can't just give up one time you drink raw milk and your stomach gets a, a, a hurt a little bit. Yeah. Like, you have to, you have to do it. Yeah. You it's know, like going, to, going to the gym one day and you're like, why am I not jacked and shredded? Like, let's give exactly. it some time. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I think I think a lot of people are like, oh well, I tried it once and and I didn't like it. my stomach hurt. Well, yeah, you're you're not going to get its beneficiaries out of it when your body has literally never had it before. Yeah. Like it needs to be something that you adjust to. So I think I, most people just don't just aren't consistent. Yeah. Um. So I would say that is probably a big one also. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I always like what you talk about of like even in the fitness stuff, like do things that are consistent that you yeah. can do every day like yeah. don't fucking try and go so crazy don't go to the gym four hours a day for your fucking first time like, yeah yeah do things that you can ma- maintain yeah i think that's probably like a perfect takeaway is start small start yeah. with one one little change that you can make to gradually improve the food quality maybe yep. incorporating more water like take one thing out of this that you can implement and just be consistent with it and see how it makes you feel and then add the next thing and then add yeah. the next thing. And like, let's look at this as a long-term process and not like a three-week process. Yeah, exactly. Add one thing at a time over six months, nine months, 12 months. That's when you're going to start to see the compounding effect of, of yeah. just better overall health and, and well-being. Um, it, 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 it's crazy. We've now, you know, we've been eating, eating like this for a while, but the water, you know, drinking as much water as we do now, uh, working out as consistently as we have. We've had the water for about two years. We've been probably working out consistently for about one. And I feel like I'm just now starting to see the effects. Yeah. You know, like so many people just get deterred because like, yo, it's going to take a year. It'll be a year and a half. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't, I don't have time for that. Like, well, then you're never going to, you're never going to make a change. You're never going to yeah. be better. Like here's the year's going to pass either way. Like, exactly. So like, you might as well start, right? I feel like we always see too, like also like, in the grand scheme of things, what is a year? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like what's six months of a strict, a strict something where yeah. not going out with your friends or on weekends or six, like what is that ultimately? You know what I mean? For your entire life to change everything. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a big price to pay. Yeah, I don't think it's too much to ask. Totally. I completely agree. Um, yeah. <laughs> this has been a, a great conversation. Um, I want to give you guys an opportunity to uh, let everybody know like how they can stay connected with you. If they want to follow what you guys are doing, if they maybe want to watch a video of some ice, ice baths and shotgunning beers and things like yeah, that. Yep. Uh, so our, uh, our website is service. So our last name is service, uh, S E R V I S is how you spell it. So it's service dash events.com. Uh, our social media on Instagram is service events. Uh, same thing on Facebook. You just search service events. You'll find us. Uh, we have an email list. You can sign up for on our website that just, we put out our new menu every month. So we change it every single month. So if you sign up on that, uh, you can do that or you can, you can send, send us an email at service events, yahoo.com. And I'll put you uh, on the email list. Um, but yeah, follow us on social media or, or our website or anything like that is probably the best way to keep in touch with whatever yeah. we're doing. Yeah. We're really the fun things. We always tell everybody like, yo, if you want to just talk, reach out. Yeah. Like, yo, we love talking. Like, it doesn't have to be about business or about yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you have a question or you just, you know, want to know about something. You know, we're all ears. We don't hide yeah. anything. I'm not, we're not assholes. Like you want a recipe, we'll give you one. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, we're not, you know, 
not people who are trying to hide anything. Yep. You know, I appreciate so. it. Um, I will definitely make sure to put all of that in the show notes so people can stay connected. And uh, I appreciate the time. And hopefully we'll see, see you soon. Yeah, I appreciate this. Thank you, Mike.